Jazzcast Pros. Hey y'all, it's me, Rosa Marie, the hostess with the mostest resources for childcare professionals and families. In today's episode, I want to share with you a powerful personal experience that highlights the transformative impact of being kind as a force for building real relationships to develop real results. While focusing on long-term solutions such as developing a more sustainable business model for childcare businesses, we also acknowledge the urgency of addressing the immediate needs of families we serve. This is the method, the Marvelous Mind Academy method to building genuine connections. Welcome to another episode of Child Care Made Simple, the podcast where we explore the world of child care and share insights to empower child care professionals, government agencies, and families. In our previous episode, we discussed the journey of building connections with families facing various challenges. So let's get right into it. I recall when I was in junior high, I had a social studies teacher. Just to give y'all some background on me as a student, okay? I have always been very strong academically. I mean, so much so my brothers used to make fun of me all the time. Girl, you so book smart, but you ain't got no street smarts, right? You just give you a book and you could devour it, but you ask you a basic question and you got all of this theory and yada, yada, yada. So I was always very, very heavy into learning. It's been my thing forever. But in Mrs. Lamort's social studies class, I just couldn't seem to get my act together. I mean, I was on the verge of failing. (laughs) And I remember Miss Lamore during recommendation time. So we're nearing the end of the school year. And I remember sitting down with her doing my one-on-one. And she says, I'm recommending you, Rosa, for AP history. I don't look that Miss Lamore like she had three heads. Like, do you not grade? Do you not review the grades? Did you not look at my grades? Because if you did... I don't think that's the class you would be recommending me for. And she she turned and looked at me and she said, the reason you're failing my class or struggling in my class is because we have a lot of multiple choice tests. And your challenge is in remembering dates, times, and places, and people. People, dates, times, and places. That's your challenge. She said, but in AP history, all you do is write. That's the basis of your grade is writing. And you, Rosa, are a strong writer. And I didn't know it then, but I definitely know it now. You know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't realize just how impactful that moment was going to be for the trajectory of my life. But it's teachers like Miss Lamort whether they are professionals in a school or just amazing people that I've encountered in my life journey who have shared moments like that with me that help me to understand and believe in the power of everyone's ability to learn. You just have to figure out how a person learns and what their preferred communication style is disc assessments. Take a disc assessment. If you are in a leadership role, take a disc assessment, give a disc assessment to your team. And did you know that 
there's a youth disc assessment as well. Like if you want to be a phenomenal leader, and I know I'm on this tangent right now, but I'm just going to put that little plug in there. Disc assessment, D-I-S-C, D is in David, I is in Igloo, S is in Sam, C is in Cat. Disc assessment. If y'all remember nothing else from this podcast, remember that. Take a disc assessment. You may also want to go ahead and download this app called The Pattern and put everybody onto that, especially when it comes to relationship building. That's an app that I'm telling you, the people who have connected with me on The Pattern, yo, that thing be spot on. It'd be like, yo, now is not the time to get in the way of this friend because this friend is on a journey to yada, yada, yada. So they may be under a lot of stress. They may be this, they may be that. And here's your role in what they're going through. And then there's, you know, it gives you personal things about yourself. Hey, now's a great time to take on new vision and new projects because of X, Y, and Z. You're in this cycle and they project that you're going to be in this cycle for like 10 days or six months or like, it's just so insightful. So the two major tools in relationship building that have been completely impactful and life-changing along with the Lamort theory, which is I'm officially calling this the Lamort theory. Take a disc assessment, download the pattern app and believe in the Lamort system. Meaning when you see someone not excelling in something, discover and acknowledge how they excel well and share that insight with them. That is the Lamort method. Help them on their journey to self-discovery. It'll change their life. And when you change one life, it's like a ripple effect. So let me get into the story about how I've turned this experience that I had in my childhood and I'm sharing that in my professional world, right? So in the childcare profession, it is an honor to serve and help families navigate parenting and their role as caregivers. It's an honor and it's a privilege to be able to do it. But systems aren't always set up in a user-friendly way. There are several families that attend Marvelous Minds who came, whether by referral or I know when I'm out in the community, I'm always looking for, just like when I'm searching for staff, when I'm looking at families to invite to Marvelous Minds, there is a certain spark that I'm looking for. And I'll go ahead and give it to you. I look specifically for families with three or more kids, whether it's a single household or a dual parent, a single parent household or a dual parent household. It does not matter. Raising children is hard. Yes. But when you have multiples, I'm going to tell you right now, my husband and I, we stopped that too, one for each arm. And when we got to play man-to-man defense, we will never be outnumbered. So I'm always, I always have a heart towards those who go for more because I can only imagine how strained their relationship can be both on the husband and wife. And if you're single, especially on that single parent, whether male or female, as childcare professionals, we know that genuine connections are at the core of our work. Okay, so as I'm looking for this spark in these families that I invite or as I'm looking for these sparks in the children, this is the method, the Marvelous Mind Academy method to building genuine connections. 
When parents come in for a tour, we love when they bring their children because it gives us the opportunity to see how socialized that child is. It allows us to see what their attachment level looks like to their parent or to their caregiver. And we get to observe how the parents react when the child behaves certain ways. We love that. What you will never see a Marvelous Mind Academy staff member do is approach the child and attempt to get the child to do things. No, we're not walking up to your children saying, oh, so nice to meet you. I am Miss Marie. And what's your name? Oh, can I show you this toy or can I show you? No, we're not doing that. We are sitting in our observer seat. We're putting on our active listening ears and we're engaging in meaningful ways with both the parent and with the child, primarily through observation and active listening. Once the child is enrolled in our program, we still allow the child to lead in in the interactions. And we still continue to actively listen to conversations from both the parent and the child. As we embark on various adventures together, children begin to gradually open up to us. They share both positive and challenging experiences from their lives. They don't always have the the tact or the the words to share with us how these experiences impact their lives or their choices but we can we can sort of make inferences inform decisions through our observations with these children it generally takes about 6 months consistently with the children to nurture a real relationship with them. Once we've nurtured real relationships with the children, it usually leads to meaningful conversations with their caregivers. One way we like to converse with the caregiver is by sharing positive interactions that we observe with the children. Too often, schools and childcare providers will call home when something negative is occurring. Hey, your child had an altercation in school today with so-and-so, so they're receiving lunch detention. Or, hey, this happened, so can you talk to them about safe hands at home? And one of the things that we don't want in childcare is for parents to start to associate our name and phone number with bad news. Like when that parent, just think about it for a minute. When that parent was sitting thinking and trying to formulate a childcare plan. I got to get to work. My child needs to be engaged. They need to go to after school. They didn't think, oh, what program can I put my child in that's always going to keep me informed of bad behavior? That's not what they're thinking. They're thinking what's conveniently located to me in my area. What can I afford? And is my child going to be safe and have a great space to explore? Are they going to be engaged? So once that child is enrolled and us as providers, we're not looking to always be calling about negative things. And so when we're accepting the child, we're thinking, 
okay, what child is going to be an asset to our program? Who can we enlighten? How can we be a part of their learning journey? So once that child is enrolled, continue with that same mindset of looking for ways to engage with them in meaningful, meaningfully. Right. So that's why we don't want parents to associate our phone numbers and names with, oh, here go that school calling again. Oh, what did my child do today? So to combat that, intentionally combat that, we'll call home and send little notes. We use an app called ProCare. We'll send little notes in ProCare saying, oh, my gosh, look at the artwork that Johnny made today. Or look at Johnny helping a friend um, be calm or enjoy marble tracks. Look, he helped us clean up like Oh my gosh, he's so great. I really enjoyed having him today. Oh, little Johnny came. I don't know what little Johnny had for breakfast, but he came in with this joyous smile that just became infectious to everyone in the room. And we all had a good day because little Johnny came today. Like we look forward to little Johnny coming. And what that'll begin to do, it'll begin to deepen the relationship. And what I found is once parents know that we are here with them, for them, they actually begin to confide in us. They start to share some stories from their own struggles and and their um, insecurities around being parents and am I doing this right? And sometimes we get intimate stuff. Like we have a lot of families in our program that are being raised, uh, a lot of children in our program that are being raised by grandparents. And we get some stories of like, man, I did not sign up for this. This is not what I envisioned for my life. I'm 65 plus and retired. I shouldn't have to be raising my grandkids. You know, we get intimate stories like that. We get to help them navigate these feelings. So recognizing that families face challenges. Okay. Lots of challenges. There, there are times when I will take it upon myself to provide engaging experiences for children free of charge and without barriers. That's honestly being kind for the sake of being kind. And gestures like that are often met with immense gratitude from caregivers. Greetings, everyone. My name is Ra. Yes, I am the host of Father Torch. I would like to take this time to invite you in my discussions on very, very important topics of being a black and brown father in today's society. Being a parent, the other parent, we face trials and tribulations too. We have worries, we have feelings. Here at Father Torch, we promote the advocacy of being the dad you wish you had. Join me at fathertorch.com. And I understand that not many programs are in positions to do that. It does take a village. It takes an immense amount of tact. It takes building out your capacity to serve um, without negatively impacting your revenue. Because if, if you don't manage your revenue and you're, you know, constantly being kind for the sake of being kind and, you know, without having some sort of a safety net, you're at risk of creating meaningful experiences for these children. And then one day having to snatch it all away because you didn't manage your money right. (laughs) That's a whole episode in itself, right? One of the things that I noticed in one of our families who have had adverse challenges in their lives, um, this is a new family that had been with us for just about that six months threshold. 
they were great. Always helpful, um, kind, um, used their manners. Didn't really have to intervene much with behavioral until we got closer to the end of the school year. So I started to observe more and I said, oh my God, what's going on? I'm seeing things that I ain't never seen before. I mean, throwing of chairs, yelling, screaming, just aggravated and itchy, like irritated. And it took me a little while to put my finger on it. But when it dawned on me that we were getting ready to transition to summer, And these kids, what started happening was these kids started to feel like, yo, I'm going to lose the most exciting part of my entire day. I'm not going to have access to Marvelous Minds because grandma and grandpa don't drive. So how am I going to get here? I mean, they started asking these questions like, are we going to be here during the summer? Are we going to be able to come during the summer? And of course, Marvelous Minds is open all year round, but. A lot of the families rely heavily on the school transportation that's not available during the summer months. So I I started to make an inference that the behaviors was a direct correlation between the fact that these children were uncertain about what the summer held for them and they were dreading it. So naturally, I started trying to find solutions and it became evident very quickly that I could not single handedly meet the needs while also serving other families and managing my own responsibilities. That is the benefit of having relationships with grandma. So that's when I picked up the phone and I started talking to grandma. I said, grandma here, listen, this is what we're starting to see. What can we do? These are the programs and services that are available. But the first thing we need is we need, we need some information from you. And at first grandma was really, really reluctant to give up any financial information, what services she received. She was almost combative. Like, I don't even understand why you need this information. Either they can go to a program or they can't. Like, why does this information matter? And once I expressed to her the importance of having this information, that having this information is going to allow us to see what step in the process are we at? Where do we need to begin, right? Um, Then she started saying, okay, okay, okay. Thank you so much. So several people that I had started to confide in myself professionally. I was sharing this, you know, certain experiences about, you know, the summer and me not wanting to let go of the kids throughout the summer. Several kind-hearted individuals with a passion for serving stepped in to assist not one family, but all the families in our program. And these individuals have been connected to our program for at least three years and were willing to lend a helping hand. I gotta be honest though, this was the first time that I had to rely on multiple people with varying degrees of experience and expertise to address a tangible need that required a collective effort to move the needle forward for families in our program. As we embarked on the journey of sourcing summer support for families, we encountered several obstacles, some of which I've already explained. Caretakers being reluctant to provide Financial information and that financial information being crucial for accessing the available resources, right? So we have challenges that range from on the caregiver side, like getting the information from the caregiver and challenges that relate to accessing and implementing the options. And that was caused by the complexity of governmental systems involved. Like I shared with on a previous episode, when we get a resource, 
And we have to follow the lead on the resource and the resource leads to quote unquote a dead end. And we have to go down the rabbit hole. Okay, I understand this person no longer works here. Who now takes this? Okay, thank you for connecting me. Now what? Right. And then here we are sitting at summer trying to put this together. Well, guess where the people who are actually over this arena are? They taking vacation. They, you know, hey, I'm out of town. It's the holiday, yada, yada. So there's a lot of communication that gets lost, delayed, and it really does hinder the onboarding of families into available benefits. Thankfully, due to our community relationships that we've been able to, to forge and build and maintain and nurture, many children are still enrolled in our program, but haven't been able to attend due to transportation limitations. During the school year, a lot of our students come to us by way of bus, the school bus, which we know is not available during the summer months. Many of those same children, their caregivers do not have access to reliable transportation. That coupled with the fact that many programs struggle to secure transportation options for a variety of reasons, including but not limited to finding suitable vehicle. Like I got to find a vehicle that's seven to 10 passengers. So that way I can transport children, right? Um, I got to source the funding for the purchase of those vehicles. And I got to identify a driver. If I have families that are coming to me at 6 p.m. after school, I know you're mostly thinking like, oh my God, 6 p.m. that's late. But here in, in Rochester, there are several schools where the kids are spending 90 minutes on a bus to get somewhere because of all the stops and, and, and whatnot. So if I have kids who are coming in at 6 p.m., but kids who are leaving at 7, kids who are staying till 10, I can't load everybody in the vehicle when you're licensed for 22 plus children. You can't load everybody into that vehicle just to take two or three home. So what do you need? You need staff on hand to stay at the center. Plus, you need a driver. Again, it's very, very, there's a lot of nuances to these, to these steps. There's a lot of nuances to working in the industry. So while focusing on long-term solutions, such as developing a more sustainable business model for childcare businesses, we also acknowledge the urgency of addressing the immediate needs of families we serve. Recognizing the transportation challenges faced by families. One of the things that I started to recently entertain is the idea of purchasing fleet vehicles for our staff. And the reason why I'm thinking about that is because many child care workers are, are very, very, um, okay. Many child care workers are seriously one paycheck away from needing the services that we're trying to connect our families to. So by having fleet vehicles that our staff has access to, it will not only enhance the morale of our team, but also support their journey towards self-sufficiency. Alongside long-term plans like that, we understand more immediate solutions are crucial, which is why we are actively exploring resources available within the community to address the transportation needs of families. And we are seeking partnerships, grants, or other local initiatives that can provide immediate relief, ensuring that children can continue attending our program and benefiting from the experiences we offer. 
So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, I know of uh, a funder who would love to get behind your mission. I know of this opportunity that it would be phenomenal and in total alignment with what you guys are trying to achieve. Let us know. Drop us a line. Um, help us help the families that need it the most. We are ever so grateful for people who are sharing resources. So again, we, we are here for you, but we also need you that whole relationship piece. And we're going to do this with this podcast. This podcast is also a relationship building tool for our community. So let's jump in and get on here together. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you know you've got a resource, maybe you work at the child care council or you work in Albany for OCFS or you have a resource through DSS that is not getting enough attention and you're like, Rosa, I think your platform will be amazing for that. I have resources that your audience needs to know about. Drop me a line. So with that said, I just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of Child Care Made Simple, where we've explored the power of building real relationships to develop real results in child care and addressing immediate needs. Through the heartfelt story of a family we connected with and the experiences we've provided, we've seen firsthand the transformative impact of genuine connections. By being kind for the sake of being kind, we open doors for children to share their stories aspirations, and unique strengths. From the oldest to the youngest, children show incredible resilience and potential. As we strive to meet their immediate needs, including transportation challenges, we understand the significance of community partnerships and resources. Cannot stress that enough that we're actively exploring options to provide the necessary support for families facing various challenges. In the next episode, we'll delve into practical strategies for empowering children's autonomy within the childcare setting and discuss additional steps we are taking to meet the immediate needs of families. So be sure to join us as we explore creative solutions, community resources, and stories of resilience in the face of challenges. Until next time, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And as always, peace, love, and excellence. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.